Hi, thanks for joining us today. Our class for Tahoe's Connection for Families parenting class today is identifying emotions. Hi, I'm Lorene Meyer and Kaylee and I are here to talk about helping our children identify their emotions. Years ago, um, children weren't supposed to identify how they felt. Um, they were supposed to just get along and be quote, seen and not heard, and certainly uh, comments um, of stop your crying was common. We've now learned that if we talk to our children and help them identify what they're feeling, usually their uh, upset behavior tends to go away. Children are trying to express what they're feeling and they often think that we don't understand. And if we, if we don't understand, or if they think we don't understand, they get louder and louder with their protesting, their screaming or temper tantrums, because they're trying to make sure their feelings or their opinion is being heard. So lots of times as adults, if we know the child as a parent or a caregiver, we know exactly why they're screaming. They're screaming because they're mad they don't get to have a third cookie. They're screaming because they wanna go outside after bath time, even though it's really time to get ready for bed. So when they are mad about something or sad about something, that's when we need to step in and identify that for them they're still learning what these feelings they have are. So if we know they're very mad because they didn't get that third cookie, we need to role model that for them and say, I see that you are so mad. You are very mad. You want a third cookie. And that's not an option right now but I do hear you and it's making you so very mad. I even use strong voice to show that I understand what mad sounds like. I try to use facial expressions to show what mad looks like so that I'm communicating really clearly with my toddler that I understand their mad feelings. And this way they can learn what that feeling is called. So if we identify it, then they can start using the word, I'm mad because I don't get that third cookie. But we have to role model that for them and help them identify those feelings. This is true with sad or frustrated, it's also important to make sure we're identifying the happy feelings. We want our kids to identify and understand all of their feelings. When we often talk about identifying feelings, we often just go to the angry, the sad, and the unhappy ones. Um, one of the things we forget is to identify the joyful ones. We want our kids to understand what brings them joy and that joyful feelings, what that feels like inside. So when a child is happy that they get to go on a walk, 
as you're walking out of the house and they're skipping and and singing a song and super joyful, you can identify that by saying, wow, I see that going on a walk was really making you feel good and happy today. I'm so glad I can see that because you have a big smile and you're skipping and you're singing a, a fun song. It makes me happy too to go on a walk. The more we can identify feelings, even if they aren't based on a negative scenario that's happening, mm -hmm. the more our kids will be able to use their words and use the feelings they identify to get their needs met. I could see a two-year-old saying, I happy, go for walk. And then we can say, oh, you remember when we went for a walk, it made you happy. We can do that again. We also want to hear our two-year-old say, mad, when we have to take the knife away because it's too sharp for them to be playing with. So the more we can empower our kids with understanding their feelings, the more they can use these words and they can get their feelings out and understood and they can get their needs met. They may be mad that they don't get to play with that knife and we can say, I understand you're mad that you don't get to play with that knife. Mm -hmm. My job is to keep you safe and playing with a knife is not gonna do that. So even though that makes you mad, the answer is no, you don't get to play with the knife. Now, you do have a choice. Do you want to play with the spoon or the spatula while we're cooking? Mm -hmm. So after you identify that what they want to play with may not be an option, you then, after identifying that anger and helping them find their calm, then we proceed by giving them a choice of two. Sometimes kids get so upset and so angry, they're crying and crying and crying. And the only way we can get through to them is not by offering them something they shouldn't have, which will work but by helping them learn how to be calm first and identify those feelings, sometimes taking a big breath is a way to get extra oxygen into those little bodies and to help them relieve the stress. Role modeling that, I'll breathe with you while you're so upset, we can breathe together I sometimes even pretend to put up birthday candles. Oh, look, there are two birthday candles. I can tell you're real upset. Let's get calm together. Can you blow this one out? Sometimes they'll say no, because they're still screaming and crying. So you can say, oh, let's do it together. Or I'm gonna blow out this one. And then you can blow out that one. Are you ready? <gasps> and you blow it out. And then say, oh, here's, here's your candle to blow out. Do you want me to do it with you? <gasps> oh, good. We blew out the candles. Taking those clean air breaths calms all of us. 
you will be surprised how it will calm you down too. You may have to do it several times, but learning how to do self-calming to then proceed to the choice of two often helps our kids understand that even though they're angry, they still can be angry that they don't get to play with the knife. They can find how to learn to get calm. And then once calm, they can make a choice of two things that they are allowed to play with. So <clears throat> what would be the detrimental uh, repercussions, I guess, of distracting them with the spatula or spoon when they want to play with the knife instead of addressing that they wanted to play with the knife. Because I think sometimes we get busy and it just seems easier to be like, oh, here, play with the spatula. So we're distracting right. them. Right. And that's, a, it seems minor, but that's a huge difference. The one is, is using distraction. And you will read about how you should distract children all the time. To me, using distraction off of something you don't want them playing with, like the knife, and then offering them the spatula right away and say, here, you can play with this. It's really insulting to the fact that they have an opinion and that they want to express the, their opinion that, no, I want the knife. So it's kind of insulting to a child who has such a strong opinion to just use a different shiny object or something that you think will take their attention away from the knife and you slowly hide the knife, that's very insulting to how intelligent our kids are. We need to let them feel those feelings of disappointment and anger that they lost, they don't get to play with the knife. They need to feel what it feels like to be angry and mad about it and learn how to get calm. Mm -hmm. Because we're not always going to have the next special item to distract us from disappointments in our life. We need to have disappointments to learn how to handle them. So being disappointed, I can't play with the knife, learning how to be angry and voice that anger, learning how to then get calm. And then through that calm, and even though I still am angry, I can be calm and move on and find joy in something else, the spatula or the spoon. How does this look in regards to boys and girls? I feel like often, and especially in this next generation, um, I feel like parents have been challenged, at least in the world of TCF, um, to make sure that we're identifying emotions with boys too. Um, what's a common, what, what are some common ways you see this play out for boys and girls differently and how you'd want it to look? So typically, and maybe not, I don't know if it's so much now. I think parents are doing a better job than generations before, but typically generations before would be, um, you're a big boy, stop the crying. Uh, and with little girls, it would be, oh, come here, let me help you. Um, you're okay. You don't need to cry about it. I'll help you get over this. And that kind of stuff teaches kids that as a little girl, I need help. I can't handle this myself. And as a little boy, these feelings of sad or crying about something I'm angry about 
is not acceptable. And I have to swallow those feelings and I have to be a big boy. So I see this generation doing a way better job than previous generations, but we need to remind ourselves that that can sneak itself back in in our approach to our kids. And we need to make sure our boys can be emotional. They end up being healthier adults. And we need to also allow our girls to handle emotion and learn they can be strong and still have those emotional feelings, but they don't need help through those, that they have the wherewithal to handle those emotions. You know, I've heard in previous classes in TCF, um, you use the example of a kid not getting invited to a birthday party um, and, and what that looks like as a parent to identify their emotions instead of distracting them with something else that's fun? Yes. One of the things that happens, and I always use the birthday party scenario. I think there's even a book out that's written, you can't come to my birthday party. Um, I, I use it even though it's probably meant for more older kids, but the, the story is still the same. When a child has a disappointment, one of the things is it hurts us too, especially if the disappointment is coming from a peer. Um, they end up, as parents, we want to not see this kind of pain that's, that our kids are going through. So we can't fix it usually by getting them invited, though I actually have seen that happen, um, which is a mistake. Mm -hmm. But even if they're not invited, sometimes as parents, we just want to make them feel special on the day that they're not included in, um, in an event that maybe they know they're being left out on. So then mm -hmm. we try to make an extra special day of it. The mistake with that is teaching them that when things aren't going well, I need something or someone to make my life better. I need to be bought that ice cream cone or go to a movie or uh, get a new toy because I didn't get invited to the birthday party. And in reality, what we need to do is teach them they're strong enough to handle it and it's okay. And that the day should run just like any other normal day does because they need to realize in spite of not being invited, I'm fine. Mm -hmm. And I can handle this disappointment and I don't need somebody or something special to get me through this pain. This will prepare them for life's disappointments all the way through adulthood. We start it now. They're stronger when they're in school they're stronger in high school, and they're stronger adults. I love that, Lorene. And <clears throat> one of my favorite examples you've used before is the um, potty training fairy. And 
if you had shared more about that story, I think people would appreciate it too. Years ago, um, I had a mom whose little girl was struggling with um, learning to, to uh, pee and poop on the potty. And the mom had read something or a friend had told her, oh, do the potty training fairy. So when she goes potty, then the fairy has come and left a special present on the front porch. Um, as opposed to uh, having the parent help them through the process of learning. And uh, when the little girl would cry and say no, and it would be a battle, the mom would use the potty training fairy as a incentive. And I looked at that and just, I hadn't, prepared anything, but all I could think of was, you know, when she's 17, are you going to have the boyfriend breakup fairy bring her something? When children are struggling through learning something new or an emotional challenge, we want to be there for them. We want to be the ones to help them through those hard times. We want to teach them they're strong enough, they're capable, and even though it's difficult, I, ha I have faith in you and I'm here for you. Not some fairy that's going to make your life better. So I threw out the idea to this mom. Well, are you going to have a boyfriend fairy when, or a girlfriend fairy when her best friend ends up saying something mean to her? Instead, mm -hmm. let's empower our kids by identifying their feelings, helping them through those hard feelings, and teach them how powerful and strong they are and how capable they are with our guidance and our support. I love that. That's always stuck with me because um, I feel like it's, it's, we're laying the foundation now um, for our kids to identify their emotions and make themselves happy, which is just a life skill that you always need later on in life. Um, but I think it also poses a challenge for us sometimes um, if we weren't raised that way or if we were raised with other people making us happy and we're not used to identifying even our own emotions. Um, how can this be a challenge for parents too? Like what would your, be your advice for working through your own things? I, I think parenting opens up a whole can of worms for us. It shows us the good ways we were raised. It, was shows, it also shows us the ways we weren't raised appropriately. Um, identifying emotions is probably one of the ones that is the most raw in when we are trying to do this with our kids and we're not so good at it ourselves. And the only thing I say is being a parent is a time for teaching our kids. It's also teaching us how to be the kind of parent we want to be and teaching us ourselves how to nurture that child in us that maybe wasn't nurtured appropriately or was nurtured in a different way. And through the learning of TCF's philosophies, we hope we enlighten our parents for themselves and enlighten them to pass on to their kids the value of respecting children, not only 
their own children, but the child inside of them. Does that look sometimes like you identify your emotions with your kids too? Like that made me really angry when you did that. Absolutely. Um, I think it's really important. Uh, I had a mom a long time ago say, oh, I'm never going to tell my kids I'm mad at them. And I said, who are they going to learn from if they don't see that when you get mad because they painted fingernail polish on the wall, uh, they're not going to understand how to handle their anger. If you show them and use the word that made me mad and this is how you handle it, you don't punch your fist through the wall and you don't yell and scream, but you express your feelings and you show in your face, that makes me mad, but you show them appropriately how to handle anger, they will learn from you how to handle anger. So it's really important as a parent to share when you're feeling sad or when you're feeling mad and do your best to role model for them the way you want them to handle it. Remember, you're your kid's number one educator. You're their first teacher and the most important teacher. So through your identifying emotions, you are teaching your kids how to identify theirs. Well, thank you so much, Lorene. I know this class just makes me think of all the other classes that intertwine, like finding your calm and teaching your kids how to be proud of themselves. Um, so I'm excited to do those classes later on down the line. But thank you so much for teaching us today. Thank you and bye.